Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3. Time now for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares opened in the red today, bucking the global trend on a day which saw gains for stock markets worldwide. Now, in early trade, the STI was down 0.1% to 3,260 points after some 104 million. Million securities changed hands in the broader market. Let's take you through the closing numbers. Uh, numbers still firming up, though. But here's what I have on my screen: the Straits Times Index down half a percent at three thousand one hundred and forty points. In terms of value turnover, we are looking at one point oh nine billion Sing dollars. Now gainers trailed losers two hundred and fifty four versus two hundred and seventy two. Top five movers by value we've got here: DBS, Singtel, OCBC, UOB, and Yangtzejiang Shipbuilding Sing dollars. Heavily traded securities included Seatrim, Joe Energy Resources, and Singtel. In terms of companies to watch or counters to watch, we do have Digital Core REIT. It issued one hundred and ninety two. New units to raise gross proceeds of 120 million US dollars today. Now, elsewhere, from more earnings out of the US to China's consumer prices falling at the fastest rate since the global financial crisis. We've got more corporate and international headlines in focus. Joining me on the line is David Chow, director of Azure Capital. David, welcome. Hi, Tian Hi, listeners. Uh, happy uh, East of the East of the Chinese New Year. Yeah, happy Chinese New Year also, and I can feel that you're already in the mood. So let's uh, start with the Singapore stock market straight away, right? Uh, David, how did the STI fare so far today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers or, or counters like Digital Core Read? Well, uh, I think the Asian pack markets today actually opened uh, with uh, quite a lot of uh, you know, markets being in the green. Uh, but however, as we cross over to the afternoon, you know, uh, what we have been seeing is that more and more markets uh, actually, you know, from positive, they became uh, negative. And I guess uh, this is uh, I think one of the key reasons is that, uh, you know, many of these investors will want to take some risk, you know, off the table, you know, ahead of the uh, festive season, even as the Dow Jones and S&P 500 are at record highs again. And, uh, you know, with this trend setting in, you know, STI unfortunately, you know, fell 0.5%. Right. And zooming in on some of the companies to watch, uh, we also have here, David, Yoma Strategic mm-hmm. Holdings. Uh, it said its revenue for the three months ended December rose some 36%. To forty nine point eight million US dollars growth recorded in most segments. How would you then read into this? Okay, uh, I think looking at the share price after the announcement, uh, it seems some big funds, you know, or the market, you know, just were not very excited about the prospect of you know Yuma strategic actually narrowing its uh, you know net loss position for its upcoming you know March year end two thousand twenty four, you know, and choose to sell. So volume was quite high today, you know, that is with past recent trading volume for sure. And I mean to recap, you know, Yuma actually a full year net loss of 23 million US uh, in its full year 2023 earnings last March. And you know, with this half yearly update, uh, you know, they suffer a net loss of you know, 1.3 million only. And you know, with the latest set of results, but you know, the latest set of revenue uh, update, but no net profit update for the third queue, it seems that you know, full year could still be better than last year, you know. And uh, unfortunately, the uh, stock market uh, and you know, with particular 
focus on the stock price. Uh, there's just not much uh, investment uh, or investors' excitement over it. Right, and across the region, David, China's consumer prices fell at the fastest pace since the global financial crisis last month, which is January. Any knee-jerk reaction when it comes to the greater Chinese markets today, or is that overshadowed mm-hmm. by authorities' move to spur the economy? I think the, uh, I mean, for you know, the domestic economy has been grappling with deflation, you know, for some time now. So this piece of news uh, this morning is nothing new. Yeah. And looking at Shenzhen and Shanghai market today, you know, both uh, actually ended the day up, I think, over 1 plus percent. Um, however, you know, with regards to the deflation data, you know, one interesting observation from that uh from that is that, uh, you know, in December 2023, I think uh, the Chinese loan prime rates were, were like 3.5%. And for the one year, this for the one year, and, you know, for 4.2% for the uh, five year. And, you know, the inflation or deflation data then, you know, in December 2023 was a minus 0.3%. Mm. So fast forward. Fast forward, you know, one month to January uh, 2024, both uh, one-year and five-year uh, prime rates remain unchanged, but the year-on-year inflation this time was a negative 0.8%. So what does this tell us? This tells us that, you know, the real rates rose in China in January, and this happens uh, even when the government is gunning for easier mon- monetary conditions. So this just goes to tell you how um, the urgency that the Chinese government will have to put through in order to reduce the interest rates you know, going forward. Right, and I want to take us to India, David, and take a look at mm-hmm. the amount of money billionaire Gautam Adani has right now. Um, he saw his fortune back above the 100 billion US dollar level again uh, after a year, after mm-hmm. all that saga surrounding that Hindenburg research report. Uh, shares it. of his flagship Adani Enterprises rose for an eighth day following an earnings report last week that showed a 130% surge in profit. Now, the big question here, can Adani mm-hmm. make a comeback or have Adani made a comeback already? Okay, uh, well, if, if this comeback isn't deemed as a comeback, then uh, what is it then? <laughs> but of course, uh, it still depends on your definition. I mean, for some, it could be seeing its net worth, you know, going back up to the uh, previous peak levels, you know, last in 2022. And I believe you know, that level was like uh, 50 billion higher than current level. So, I mean, if you're one who is uh, in to see that happens before you call that a comeback, then okay, I'll give it to you. <laughs> um, I, I guess uh, to a certain extent, you know, how it will play a huge part. You know, um, from what I've known, you know, the company has spent months trying to woo back investors and lenders, you know, repaying debts and uh, elevating regulatory concerns. Mm. So, um, you know, with this hard work, you probably need some luck as well. So Adani's search of wealth uh, is happening uh, you know, as global investors uh, is increasingly turning their focus to India and this is helping to boost the stock market. And uh, to recap, the Indian market, actually, I think, actually ended last year around uh, 20% higher. Mm. And along with that, you know, you have the likes of your Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley uh, you know, endorsing India as the next uh, prime investment destination for the next decade. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you do need the stars to be aligned. Yeah, okay. Further away in the US, uh, I do want to take a look specifically, David, at chip designer Arm Holdings. It climbed as much as 26% in late trading. It gave a surprisingly bullish forecast uh, showing that its push beyond smartphones is helping to fill growth and profitability. How would you read into this? 
Okay, I think out of that few, these uh, few items, you know, two of them are very much uh, tech and AI related. So if we delve in that, uh, my take is that again, uh, this news flow could support the AI story that was at play last year and could you know, possibly be sustained going uh, you know, again this year. And uh, I mean, for I mean, the potential uh, application of AI, you know, what we have seen is across most industry and businesses practice has really caused a surge in spending on the infrastructure necessarily to train and operate AI solutions. And uh, if you look at some of the related earnings past week, uh, we have seen most of these tech firms you know, deliver healthy earnings. Uh, while revenue growth is not impressive, you know, and this suggests uh, you know, an abundance of optimism regarding the future impact of AI. And you know, some may ask, you know, are we in any uh, AI bubbles now? Yeah, uh, are we? Yeah. So in my view, um, you know, we are perhaps not in an AI bubble yet. Just so far, uh, this AI bubble has really concentrated in a small number of companies which we know has to make up a huge proportion of the stock market. And, you know, for the AI bubble to grow and become a real concern, um, you know, companies in sectors that will be impacted positively by AI, such as healthcare and life sciences, or even your financial data centric firms, will need to be captured by the AI narratives and, you know, see the share prices rise accordingly. And in the same sense, uh, I think the AI mania will need to also spill over to countries in Europe, Japan and maybe China. Right. And here's the final question, uh, David. We've got PayPal mm-hmm. forecasting flat 2024 earnings. We've got OpenAI working on a new software to automate complex tasks. I believe you're seeing some good numbers out of Disney as well. Which one mm-hmm. stood out to you today? Okay, I would say it's very much the, uh, the fact that Disney is uh, doing acquisitions now. Hmm. Yeah. Right, because in, in the past, I, I've noted that, you know, the acquisitions uh, will be more concentrated in um, certain sectors. But this time with the acquisition of epic firms, I think it's uh, it's a bit, it's somewhat different. But uh, again, you can't say it's totally different as it's, it's in the same genre. But much more important is that, you know, they have not, you know, uh, in my opinion, overpaid for this. I suppose lots to watch. Uh, David, thanks very much for joining us and happy Chinese New Year. Good health, yeah? That was Thank David Chow, Director of Azure Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.